Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. I have an amazing guest with us today. Susie Carroll is joining us from Port Townsend, Washington, and Susie is a mentor to women who are in overdrive. And uh, I'm so excited to have you here, Susie. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Michelle. I'm excited to talk with you. Yay. Yeah. I mean, you and I met at a um, women's circle. Yes, <laughs> we did. <laughs> oh, and um, I just love your energy. And I just remember meeting you and I'm like, oh, she has such a great vibe. Um, and then it comes, I come to learn that you also work with women and you do... Um, well, you have a wellness background, but really you're helping women, really it's self-care, helping them get over overwhelm. And right. um, so I just think that the work you're doing is so beautiful and we have so many parallels. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, um, my love is because of my business background, I love to work with women who are in overdrive, overwhelm, who are in some aspect of business, whether it's solo entrepreneurs or managers or team leaders, um, nonprofit uh, executive directors. Those are my, those are my peeps. <laughs> yeah. How did you get into this, this type of work? You know, it really was, um, accidental in a way. I, I sold my business. I owned a nutrition and wellness center for 10 years. And prior to that, I was in media management. Prior to that, I was in, um, uh, gosh, I can't even remember. Anyway, some kind of other management traveling all over the country. It's been a lot. Did you say um, media, media management? <laughs> Pardon? Media management? Media management. Okay. Yeah, print media management. Yeah, gotcha. I was an um, uh, advertising director. Okay. Um, and sales director. I've got a, a really strong background. Well, most of my career has been in some, some sort of sales. So anyhow, I sold my store. I was very tired when I sold my store. Mm. I had taken it through the recession. Wow. Um, and... That was really hard, but I did it. I, I got my store through um, in pretty darn good shape, especially for the area we live in. Um, and I was really, really tired. And I thought I wanted to take a month off. Mm -hmm. And then after that month, I was going to ramp up my nutrition consulting. So um, it didn't turn out that way. My, my mom, who I do not did not have, a good relationship with. I joke around now. I have a really good relationship with her. She passed away three years ago, so I have a great relationship with her. But um, my mom got really sick. I'm an only child, and I had to step in and, and navigate all that. And she's a, a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And long story short, wrapped everything up. She passed away in June, wrapped up all everything I needed to wrap up in September, and I crashed. Mm -hmm. And I had this crazy dream. And before I even got my head off the pillow in the morning, I knew that I was supposed to take not a month off, a year off. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it's really 
when I look back on it, it's just very extraordinary that I was so clear of what I was supposed to do because it was so contradictory to my way of being. I had yeah. always supported myself. I've always worked. I've always worked really hard. I've always had, you know, I've been that, I always said I was a queen of multitasking, you know, a zillion things going on. Um, so I called my husband, he was at work, he'd taken our dog to work with him. And I said, Hey, when you bring our dog home at lunch, he said, can you hang out for a bit? I need to talk to you. He did. And I said, I'm taking a year off. And I'm fortunate that I've been at work for a long time. So financially, I was fine. I was able to just say, all right, taking a year off, I'm going to allot that much money. Um, so I don't feel deprived. But I set an intention for a year, for the year, and I called it my year of no. And my intention was, I'd already begun um, unwinding from my busyness addiction, mm -hmm. but I set the intention to really learn how to unwind from busyness. So within that year, it was so profound because I had this opportunity to really observe um, my habits mm -hmm. and how I unwound from those habits. And I started having random conversations with women. There was not a woman I had a conversation with who was not in overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think it was about seven months into the sabbatical. I went, oh, wait. I really, really have always loved human behavior yeah. uh, more than nutrition, to be quite honest. Um, so I made an about face and that's how I ended up doing what I'm doing. I love that. Yeah, I would imagine that during your year of um, no, <laughs> <laughs> it was probably hard to, to not be busy. Like... I yeah. know, you know, when you think about taking, well, let me back up when I, there was a few people I knew that had taken sabbaticals and I was always so envious, but usually their sabbaticals were, they were taking off traveling and doing this and that, but I had said no to all of that. This, mm. this wasn't a year to be traveling the world and going out, having new experiences. This was a year to learn how, you know, there, there was just something inside of me that knew that it was really important for me, for the health of me, to learn how to stop mm -hmm. and be comfortable doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So the first few months were extraordinarily challenging. Yeah, I would but imagine. From, yeah, from that, I, I, what really became clear is women especially, we have a really skewed sense of how much we think we can accomplish in a day. Mm. And that's, that year is when I, I, you know, I was doing reading and studying and learning new things, um, but it became really clear how social conditioning so impacts women and how we show up mm -hmm, and, totally. and how that perpetuated my busyness addiction. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. Um, how, like, as you were kind of unhabiting from that or dehabiting from that. <laughs> like that word, unhabiting. <laughs> what, like, what, like, how were you, like, what were you doing or how were you being to be not busy or like, did you just sit? Like, uh -huh. what, what did you do? Okay. You know that, I have to say that was so funny. I, w I was at the grocery, you know, I live in a small town. I was at the grocery store one day and somebody asked me what I, I'm doing. And I said, I'm not doing anything. And I could just see them. It's almost like the, their brain was exploding. And it was a man. And he said, you're not doing anything? 
And I said, no. I said, well, I'm, I don't know. I'm sitting on my couch watching birds. He said, okay, you're doing something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, this, this idea of not doing anything is so counterintuitive. So I did. I, I did do a lot of learning how to sit and observe my surroundings. Mm-hmm. But what I was doing was learning what I wanted to do because Mm. I had been so driven by my shoulds. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, it, it, it sounds like a simple practice and it was so profound, but what I did, it was a daily practice. Anytime I heard myself say, I should, I have to, or I need to, which are my go-tos, I have to, I need mm-hmm. to, and I should, I would follow it up with kind of a deep breath, hit the pause button and say, all right, Susie, what is it you want to do? So it's not that I wasn't taking care of things that needed to be taken care of. I was, but I was doing it totally different. So mm-hmm. if um, I always use the dishwasher as an analogy, I don't like emptying, didn't used to like emptying the dishwasher. Um, I'm better about it now. But if I would hear myself say, oh, you, you need to go empty the dishwasher. I'd say, wait a minute, what do I want to do? Oh, I really want to go outside for a little bit. So the other piece of that I learned was that it's not, you don't need to make massive change to make mm-hmm. shifts. So as little things, just like, oh, go outside, go for a walk for 10 minutes and feed my soul. And then I'd come back and I don't even think I'd remember emptying the dishwasher. It was just done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of forcing myself and pushing myself, it was done with much more ease. Yeah. I um, sometimes, cause I do get into the busy mode. Like somehow if I'm like not busy, I'm like, oh, what do I do now? I'm like, I have nothing to do. And then like, there's some anxiety sometimes, you know, and it's like, somehow like there's this image, like I see a committee, like people looking at me, like, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. What? That's no, you gotta be doing something. You, you need a life. Like, the, <laughs> like that's like the inner self-talk that can come up. If I'm like, it's the weekend, I have nothing going on. What is it that I want? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And that's what happens with, well, you know, this is, we live in a culture that does not support quiet it does not support um what Eckhart Tolle talks about you know that this power of now being present and so it does feel very counterintuitive to not be doing but it's also one of the most important things we I know we can do is to not do (laughs) so because when we I know it so (laughs) it when we're, we're when we're resting when we're when we're just staring at the water or cloud watching, our, our brains turn off and they begin to relax. Parts of our brains um, that have been firing all the time stop firing and it opens up space. And that's where your, your innovation comes from. That's where creativity comes from. That's where new ideas come from. Yeah. And I was just thinking about that because before we hit record and as you were talking about, you know, this episode, it was like, well, human design, because you are integrating that into your life and, you know, business and personal and as am I. And I think because you're a projector, Mm -hmm. three, five, I'm manifester four, six. Um, But for both of us, it really helps us to like take a nap or to take our, you know, foot off the gas pedal so that we can have that, that, like you were saying, that 
the allowing our brains to turn off so that we can get the downloads and the inspirations to come through Mm -hmm. and the creativity like that is so important and so often we don't give ourselves that absolutely yeah when i first learned about human design i still owned my store and it made sense but i did not like my design at all (laughs) and you know i mean i i only know i only know about me when it comes to human design. But I do know that projectors often show up most of their lives as a manifesting or manifesting generator. And that's what I had done. I thought in order to be successful, I needed to be a type A person. Mm -hmm. And that's the mold. That's how I molded myself. And I burnt out, which is exactly what happens to projectors if we keep going Mm -hmm. like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a good great case study for that but what I since since embracing this embracing my design um what it's really made me aware of which is why I love that you're doing this this work with what you do is it's so important and human design is such an incredible tool to understand our our unique footprint Mm -hmm. our blueprint um because me as a projector I, I need to do things completely different than somebody else. So my energy, I've got about four hours a day of working energy. Somebody else probably has eight hours a day. So I'm not going to, when I'm working with somebody, it's, um, I don't go into the human design, but I can often figure out where they're at. But it's really important for me to say, no, wait a minute. They're not like me. They actually can go at a, a higher pace than I can. Mm-hmm. And that's okay for them. They're not going to burn out from it. But I don't care who you are. If you don't rest your brain, I mean, this is science. You start to, the, the uh, neurons are fly, firing so much that you actually start to cause damage to your brain. Hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense as you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, you, um, some of the symptoms are, um, well, exhaustion, obviously, foggy brained, uh, changes in vision. Um, There's a whole host of them, but I, uh, in the course I was teaching, I have all that, that science up there to back that up. But yeah, if you were constantly on, you, you do damage, you start to damage your ability to um, to think and respond mm-hmm. in a healthy manner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's, well, it, make, it makes sense. And then, and then it comes back to like the whole thing we were talking about of like, okay, we need to rest and really honor our, our energy. And, mm-hmm. um, and I was just thinking even like meditation or spending time in nature, all of the things, right. To support our well being. Yeah. How I started. So I had a really extreme addiction to busyness and, the challenge with the busyness is you don't realize you have an addiction to busyness. It becomes your baseline way of daily feeling. And thankfully, I had a, a friend who pointed it out to me. And she said, Susie, you're addicted to busyness. I said, what? Um, and then she sat down with me and she had me uh, write down everything I felt responsible for. And it filled up an eight and a half, eight and a half by 11 single lined uh, you know, those yellow tablets, two-sided. Wow. Yeah, that's how much I was juggling and how on top of it I felt I needed to be. I mean, this is, we're talking, you know, I'm, I was, I am a mom, but my son was younger then. So, you know, mom, wife, business owner, 
um, all uh, volunteering everywhere. I, I, don't, I wasn't in the picture anywhere. I wasn't mm -hmm. on that list anywhere. So, um, so with a busyness addiction like I had, which came from being raised by a narcissistic mother, it was a way of numbing out. So mm -hmm. some people drink, I'm I got really busy. Mm -hmm. And that's how I avoided my feelings. Gotcha. Yeah. So how I started, um, I know you, you've experienced this. Um, things just seem to show up for me when I most need them. And one of the lovely perks at, when I owned my business was people come in and offer me, you know, free sessions and free things. Um, because I do, if I love something, I'm telling everybody. Right. So this man had moved to town and he was a shaman and he also did Thai massage. And he was staying with somebody that I knew really well. So I felt comfortable and he offered to, he offered a Thai massage session. So I, I sure, I'm always up for anything new. And I never experienced Thai massage. So after the massage and I'm all really relaxed, he says, hey, would you like to take a journey? And I knew just enough to know that journey was something that was within the realm of shamanism and again I love anything new so I was like sure I'll give that a try and he gets this big huge didgeridoo out and starts playing the didgeridoo and honestly I can't remember what else but I went somewhere mm. and it was the first time in my entire life that my mind stopped mm. and I was hooked so when he brought me back from wherever I was the first thing I said was I want more of that how do I do that? It was just this first little snippet of how extraordinary it feels when you just allow your thinking mind to meld away. So what he told me, which is what I did, he said, start with 10 minutes. And I don't call it, I didn't call it meditation. I actually still don't call it meditation because people get frustrated if they they sit down and try to quiet their mind and they're not able to. So I call it take 10 and I would set my timer and I keep a pad next to me and I would take some, I actually take so many deep breaths. I get a, a little bit lightheaded, which seemed to help the process, <laughs> which he told me to do. So, and it worked. And, and I would just allow myself to rest my mind. And then if a thought like a niggle, so, you know, like a niggly thought would mm -hmm. come in, I'd open my eyes and write it down. Mm. I didn't have any rules around this. And then I closed my eyes. Within two weeks, I had gone from 10 minutes to 40 minutes. Mm, nice. And I loved that space so much. I had to course correct some because I still had my business and I wasn't working out of my home and I needed to get to work. So I did need some course correcting, but that's how I started. It that's was, awesome. And, yeah. And it's extraordinary because you, from that 10 minutes, you were already within two weeks, you can start to rewire your brain. Um, yeah, it's kind of like nutrition, you know, you have a couple weeks of eating healthy food and, and you're feeling better and it doesn't take long. Yeah. And I love that you didn't put yourself with rules around the minute. Like if you had a thought, you just write it down. Cause that really does help when you write it down. It just kind of clears the brain. Cause it's like, Oh, it's on paper now. Yeah. Um, but somehow like there's this, you know, meditation, you're supposed to keep your eyes closed and you have to continue breathing. <laughs> yes. And you're supposed yeah. to achieve bliss the first time you, you know, <laughs> which truly if you want talk to people who've been meditating uh, their whole entire lives, um, that bliss state is extraordinarily hard to um, achieve. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. 
Yeah. So, um, well, I'm curious to hear more about um, your integration with human design for you, because you said it's yeah. really shifted things for you when we were talking um, before the episode got recorded, the interview. So, yeah. So you said, you're, okay, you're a projector. What were... Tell me. <laughs> okay. All right. I will tell you. So first of all, I'm going to tell you, I had huge resistance and um, it was just about a year ago that I knew that I needed to really take a closer look at it. <clears throat> so I, I kind of been playing around with this idea. So, a pr so this is how it was explained to me, which was really helpful. Um, as a projector, I never understood what projector meant. So as a projector, my aura is shooting straight out. And it's it's strong and it can be very repelling to people. And when that was explained to me, I went, oh gosh, I've noticed that. I I can kind of like scare people off. Um, and then the other big part of being a projector is to wait to be invited. That was a piece I so resisted. It's like, what? I'm just supposed to sit here and wait to be invited? How the heck does that happen? And I live in this small town. So that I really struggled with. And so I went about um, doing, setting up my business and my business model the way you're supposed to. Um, and I expended a lot of energy and a lot of time and actually a lot of money. So I spent a year working with a woman who's got a PhD in transformational adult learning, um, developing this curriculum for a program what I, that's called Calling in Clarity, um, which is really about overcoming overwhelm and leading yourself from inside out, and it's phenomenal. And I started teaching, oh, I beta tested it, and I started teaching that and teaching it in groups. And what was happening for me, it was flatlining. Mm. Um, the information's good, but I was like, wow, what is this? So I started working with um, an expert in human design, which I highly recommend everyone to do, um, and realized, oh, my gift lies in one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And that's what really lights me up. So the process I had to go through was a lot of letting go of, um, oh, you know, just that feeling of, wow, you know, I spent... I, I, I hired a mentor and I spent $10,000 working with her. And it's incredible the what I have now, I liken it to when you open up a retail store and you've got it all stocked. So I've got my store all stocked now and all the shelves and all this extraordinary uh, body of work to work with women on. But now I had to let go of this business model idea. Mm. Yeah. So now I'm just starting to get it. It's like, then it was the next step for me was, oh, I can enjoy myself during the day. I don't have to, I'm not supposed to work really hard from eight to five. That one, Michelle, has been the toughest one for me. I'm 56 and I, I was raised in an era where you worked hard. That's yeah. what you did. And you worked from eight to five. And, um, and the wild thing is, I forget that I've already done that. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I've been, I know I have this really close uh, group of women and we've been meeting for nine years now, once a month. And it's, it's extraordinary. And they're all women in business and they're doing extraordinary things. So I'm sitting at home thinking, 
well, I guess I could go for a walk and I don't have any clients today and I, I wrapped that up, um, but I really should be working. Mm. And this just happened a couple weeks ago. My husband called me and he's, it was in the morning and he said, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm fine. And my husband's really, really intuitive. And he said, <laughs> he's also a projector, by the way, um, which is interesting. But he said, no, you're not. And he said, oh God, no, I feel like such a loser. <laughs> plate today and in my mind I'm thinking about my my close group of friends and you know they're just they're working so hard and they're doing really great things and their businesses are growing and and my my business is growing too but because I don't have that stress and I don't have that push I labeled myself as a loser so interesting and I can so relate to that <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and What's interest, really interesting is I know this stuff. This is what I teach, mm -hmm. but yet I still have my moments. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, and it passed quickly and my husband knows how to talk me off the ledge. He's like, oh God, I did it again. Yeah. So for me, really learning my particular human design is a gift of learning how to show up in a in a way that is most soul fulfilling for myself, mm -hmm. feeds my soul, most lights me up, most inspires me. And when I'm in that space, that's when I have the most to give to somebody else. Mm, that is so beautiful. That is so good. Yeah, because that's, that's the whole point of it all, right? It's really so that we feel really good. We feel like we have the energy and like things are in alignment. Right. Versus yeah. having to push. Yeah. And I, um, with the whole, like the eight to five, like all of that. And that's for, that's for like generators and manifesting generators like, <laughs> that really work for that. It works for those and for that energy type for those, because they have that sacral battery turned on. Um, right. but for you and I, it's like, if we were to follow that, we would get burned out, which is what was happening for you with overwhelm. When you well, were it did. And I, I actually blew my adrenals out. I had level, level four adrenal burnout. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I, yeah, I, 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 I really followed the pattern to a T. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I just remembered um, when I was very first getting into human design, I got my reading done um, and, or not my reading. Yeah. I got my chart read. And uh, I mentioned like a part of me because I've been not in corporate for like, I'm into my third year, I think I'm not into corporate. Um, but like, still I feel this angst, like maybe I should because I want more money, like all of that. Um, uh -huh. And so she's like, I'm poo pooing that idea of corporate. She's like, you're <laughs> just going to die. <laughs> so like, I remember that every time I'm like, maybe I should go back to corporate and I'm like, Oh wait, that's actually against my design. Yeah. 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 So. Well, you know, and I, I, I think we're often led in the direction we need to go. Um, my, my path has been really twisty turny, which as I'm now learning is very uh, much projector. Um, but the, 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 you know, what I'm doing and how it showed up has really helped in the healing process. So when I, when I first formed this business, um, which was like three, three years ago, the first 
program that I launched was called Sacred Selfishness. Mm, I love that. <laughs> and it came from a retreat I was at called Sacred Success. Mm. And at that retreat, um, which was led by a really dear friend of mine, at the end of the retreat, she was asking all the women to share what their passion was. So we're going around the table and women being women, every single one of us were sharing something we were going to do for other people, something mm. we were going to do that was going to, you know, help humanity. And then there was this one woman and she started crying and she said, I just want to be selfish. I want to work on my business. Mm. And there was like this collect collective gas around the table, not of shock, but of relief. Mm. And I, in my mind, I went, oh, be selfish for myself? I just never even thought of that before. <laughs> and this is going back several years now. But that word selfish was still uncomfortable for me. And since I've been at Sacred Success, I went, oh, but there's something sacred when you take care of yourself. So sacred selfishness is the practice of prioritizing self, giving to yourself first, so you have more to give to the world, but not from a place of resentment and depletion, but from a place of health and happiness. Oh, that is so good. And I'm pretty sure whatever human design you are, everybody can benefit from this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that's ultimately how we all want to be, right? Like have ourselves be nourished and then we can show up for other people from a place of like, like we are so filled that we have something to give. Yeah. Yeah. And women, this is our practice because of social conditioning and how we've been socially indoctrinated. Um, we have been taught to give to others and care, give and take care of everybody. <clears throat> And also, we are innately nourishers, givers, and pleasers. So, because that's, and it's a gift, it's, it's beautiful, but we totally forget to nourish, give, and take care of ourselves mm -hmm. because of that programming that it's all out there. Mm -hmm. And when we do step back and we do start practicing sacred selfishness, like, I just said in the description, mm -hmm. we do have so much more to offer. And that is actually where we start to tap into our inner leadership. Mm, I was just thinking, this is like all inner leadership. <laughs> yep, you got it. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, I don't, you know, and I think leadership, and I know you, you do, you're the same as I am here, but when uh, I, it, it's heartbreaking actually. When I see leaders and, I, and when I work with leaders who are, you know, they're, they're extraordinary at what they're doing, but they are just, they can give so much more if they would, they would tap into that inner leadership piece because mm -hmm. they're in exhaustion all the time. And what happens when you are giving outwardly so much, um, that, that an analogy I use is, so you've got all these little potted plants in front of you that have the ability to grow and flourish, but you're coming along with this water that is this water of you giving everywhere and volunteering everywhere and pleasing, and you're drowning all mm. the little plants. You're completely diluting your ability 
to show up and have impact because you're, you're, you're going in so many different directions. Mm. So when I work with women, I love to, part of what I do is help them focus in on what matters most mm -hmm. and help them to learn how to kind of release all the other stuff. And the problem we have a hard time, why we have a hard time releasing all the other stuff is largely due to uh, childhood wounds yeah. and the, how we've been said we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So once we figure that out, we can let it go. Yeah. That's like, that's like, it's all, all the child, like all of that. It's like all personal growth work at the end of the day, but it's all like the childhood wounds. That's something that just doesn't, we have to face it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's a social conditioning, which is the outside influences mm -hmm. versus self conditioning, which is your own inner influences. Yeah. So when you start to quiet your mind, I think honestly, that's one of the, the best places to start is when you start to quiet your mind, you start to hear yourself. Yeah. Our body has so much wisdom if we mm -hmm. just let her come through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love the word why. So you were talking about um, earlier about when stopping and feeling agitated. And all you have to do is if you're feeling agitated, you just, I call it following the threads. Like, why am I feeling agitated? And then you might, might get an idea. So, well, well, what's that all about? And you just, you keep following mm. the thread until you might get down to the very bottom and go, oh, I am feeling agitated because I am comparing myself to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, would you, when you were talking about human design and how you were, you were thinking that you should pay more attention to it, what led to that? Um, honestly, it just kept showing up. <laughs> How's that for an invitation? <laughs> Somebody's talking about human design. I'm like, oh yeah, that. Um, in fact, it's a woman in, um, who lives not too far from you who she had put a post about human design. And um, she also works with people in human design. And I'd made a comment and then I completely forgot about it. Well, she didn't see my comment until a couple months later. And then she, she mess messaged me about it. And I'm like, okay, there's that. And I've been thinking about it too. So it just felt like, okay, I'm really supposed to start paying attention to this. I love that. Yeah. And so I, I uh, um, redid. I, and I'd actually had some coaching a few years ago in human design. Mm. And then I shut the door on it because I was so resistant to it. Um, so I had a session with her. And then I, um, I sold my store to a, an amazing naturopath. Um, and I had an appointment with her and I happened to mention to her something about human design. And she said, Oh, did you know so-and-so is now working out, out of here on Mondays and Fridays and she's a human design expert. And I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. If that isn't all right, it's time to really take this seriously. So that's, that's hilarious. That about. I feel like that was like an invitation, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that. oh, that's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this invitation piece to me is fascinating mm -hmm. because when I start, when I started looking back on my life, every job I've had, I have been invited. Oh, that is so yeah. cool. I should say every, every uh, career level, management level um, job, I was invited to either apply the position or I was just invited to take over. Take it. Oh, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. See, yeah. it's so much nicer. Yeah, it is so much nicer. I had never thought about that. I would, even with you today, I was like, oh, isn't this nice? Michelle invited me. <laughs> I, um, I just got involved in probably one of the first volunteer things I've done in a long time. And I was invited to join in on that. 
But as I learned and now learning with projector, you, you never, you never want to answer in the moment, say yes in the moment. Actually, nobody should say yes in the moment. Everybody should sleep on it because that's what gets us into trouble. But we need to process for sometimes 24 hours, sometimes 48 hours and go through all the emotional. That's if you're an emotional, are you an emotional projector? Mm -hmm. okay. Yes, I'm an, oh right, yes, 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 that's yeah. right. Emotional. Yeah, I'm an emotional projector, there we go. Gotcha. Yeah, so I need to process for 24 hours or more, sometimes a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends on the, the wave that you have, yeah. the emotional wave. I think my husband's a two five, if I remember right, and he doesn't have to do that. Yeah, so the, the, the actual number, like the two five, that's a little separate. That's like more of a, your archetype of how you, um, uh, it's like your archetype because each, each pair represents a different, um, it's like a profile of how, like how you interact with others, how you are, how people see you, how you see yourself. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. the authority is more on how you're designed to make decisions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, I think for any, any man or woman, um, in business or not in business, having an understanding of what your human design is and then working with that energy and getting some help with how to work with that energy is it's an, one of the best investments you can make in yourself. I think so. I think there's so much power in knowing yourself more. Um, mm -hmm. I know that for me, when I learned I was a manifester, um, actually like my ego kicked in. I was like, yes, I'm a manifester. <laughs> and then you started learning. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, let's figure out what this is all about. Um, but like, it made so much sense to me because honestly, like I have so many great friends and they're generators or manifesting generators and people just hug them. Like they're just so like warm and and then they come to me and like, there's this pause of, do I hug you? Do I not? <laughs> there's always this moment of tension or I walk into a room and like everyone's turning around to look at me and I'm like, uh, hi everyone. It's just like, there's this moment of awkwardness. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's like my, you know, my manifesting, my manifestor energy. And it's just like very dense and like you said, repelling, like, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. And for you as a projector, um, I would say that your energy, like the light that you shine, I wouldn't say it's repelling. It's just, it can be really bright if someone right. is not ready to receive it. Mm -hmm. They'll just be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the invitation part of it then, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And it's so interesting. My, my, um, I like to have a word for the year and, again, and it's all in alignment. My word for the year is so in alignment with, with me. Um, and it's softened. Mm. just I just oh yeah that's what I, I I'm that's what I want to fall into this year I just I just want to soften and um mostly you know softening with myself yeah 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 because yeah. I can be I mean like um every woman I can be so hard on myself yeah we all right like it's just like whatever the conditioning is we are like so many of us are hard on ourselves so i love mm -hmm. that it's like softening yes yeah and it's a i call these daily practices everything is a daily practice it's um course correcting years ago um i think it's based out of Se still based in seattle it's called contents training context training okay. and in my 20s i went through every single one of the programs but one of the things that stuck with me was um yeah, the concept of course correcting. Mm. And I remember that the presenter was up on stage and he, he was talking about how a plane goes from point A to point B. 
and you think it's a straight line, but it isn't. It's constantly course correcting back and forth. So what I do with myself and what I encourage everyone to do is when you catch yourself, don't beat yourself up because that's going to be our go-to. You just say, oops, okay, course correcting. Mm, yeah. I like that. There's no such thing as a straight line for humans. Yeah. How boring would that be? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're all, we, we seem to have this um, desire to have a straight line mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's, it, so it's just not the way it is. Yeah. 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 Um, so cool. You're such a joy to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. This has been fun. <laughs> yeah. Is there like, anything you'd like to share? Like, uh, well, I'll put your um, website and stuff in the show notes, but if you want to like share your website right now, so listeners can just if, or if you're on Instagram or Facebook. So, um, I've been pulling away from social media a bit lately and finding I'm much happier, but I, I am, I do have, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. Um, but my website is Susie Carroll, S-U-Z-Y-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com. And if you go to the page, you'll see free resources, click on that. And there are, I think eight different mini guides from leadership to overwhelm to um, sacred success to uh, setting up. I talk, um, shared about the support group I have um, to setting up your own support group. So yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, good so information. Cool. Yeah, awesome. So I'll definitely share that in the show notes so that people can check it out. Um, do you have any uh, final words of wisdom you want to share for our listeners? Ah, you know, I think um, just coming back to when I was talking about the shoulds, mm -hmm. that um, my friend Athena Burke uh, was the one who told me about this years ago, but she said, anything that comes after I should is a lie. Oh, so good. <laughs> Isn't so that good? good? Because a should monster controls so many of us. And when she said that, I just embodied that mm. and it, it was one of those pivotal um, uh, ways of being that really helped me start to uh, change how I was showing up in life. So anything that, that comes after I should is a lie. I love that. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining Susie and uh, for being on the show. I, it's just such an honor to have you and um, I look forward to chatting more and connecting. Okay. Me too. Thanks, Michelle. Yay. Yeah. All right, listeners, um, share this podcast episode. If it resonated, um, you can tag both Susie Carroll and I on Instagram and however you want to share the interview and we'll see you soon. Bye. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support, and take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.